1: Temper tantrums are one of the most frustrating aspects of toddlerhood, both for parents and for kids. What is behind kids acting out like this and why do they have tantrums? How can parents better understand and deal with this behavior? Today we'll be looking at toddlers and tantrums. I'm Heather Lampron and this is Parent Savers.
2: Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo boos with a gentle kiss. Did you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere.
3: Welcome, everybody, once again to Parent Savers. We're broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for parents from the newborn years through kindergarten. I'm your host, John O'Reill. Thanks again to all of you loyal listeners who join us week in and week out. And thanks also to those of you who are listening for the first time. As you may know, you can join our Parent Savers Club and receive access to special bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts from time to time. And if you haven't already, please make sure to download the free Parent Savers app available in the Android and iTunes marketplace. You can automatically have access to all the great parenting advice and conversation we have on Parent Savers, as well as the special bonus member content. Um, let's start this week's conversation by meeting everyone who's in the room to talk today about toddlers and tantrums. Um, for starters, I'm uh, your host, Johnner. I have three boys, a at this point a seven-year-old and a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and it's the two-year-old that we're in the thick of this tantrum <laughs> stuff with for sure.
2: I'm Sunny, I am mommy to four, under four, so oh, I, yeah, my house is insane. Um, I'm the owner of New Mommy Media, which produces Parent Savers, as well as Preggy Pals, The Boob Group, and Twin Talks. Um, so my kids, let's see, uh, Sayer and Urban, those are my boys, they're my oldest. Sayer is three, and Urban's almost two, a couple months from now he'll be two. And um, then I've got identical twin girls, one of which is uh, in the studio with me. Um, John or me a little bit ago which one it was, and I can't tell you
4: because
2: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't put the proper wristbands on them, and they look exactly the same. So Ainsley and Addison are their names, and they are um, two and a half months old.
3: So we need to do a viral video (laughs) called (laughs) Four Under Four. We need to make a rap. I actually... Four Under Four. (laughs) We need to trademark that. We need to get 404.com. Yeah,
2: I know. I actually already looked for 404.com, and someone else has it. I was uh, really bummed. Well, I hope I didn't
3: just direct people to a, a bad <laughs> place. Hopefully, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we need to do something with that. That's hilarious.
5: And, well, I'm Erin Esteves, also known as OG Mamacita. That's for Officially Geriatric. Because I am uh, 43, soon to be 44, and I have a two-year-old. Wow. Going crazy. Yes. <laughs> and you both have temper tantrums, right? Yes, yes, yes. I don't know
1: who's are more epic, <laughs> um, but definitely, yeah. Right.
3: And then we're joined by Heather as well in the studio.
1: I'm Heather Lampron and I am parent to three young adults, 23, 22, and 21. Something like that. I don't know. I can't keep track of how many. At some point, they were three under three. (laughs) Exactly. But they still have their own temper tantrums, right? You know, they're pretty much doing well right now. But through those teen years and some of the young adult struggles, definitely. But that's probably me having the temper tantrum. All
6: right.
3: Well, this should be a great conversation.
1: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about
6: anywhere.
4: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
3: Before we get started, we review apps from time to time here on Parent Savers. And today, we're going to be looking at an app that's actually pretty relevant to our topic today. It's called Tantrum Tracker Lite. This one's available for free in the App Store. Um, There's a premium version for iPhone and iPad that's $0.99. It's from Grant Technology uh, is the one we're talking about. And the icon, uh, and we'll have this on the episode page, the icon is kind of like a little person. And interestingly, the person is made up of puzzle pieces similar to the autism logo um but what you can do in this app is you can track uh when it's kind of like a calendar app in a way um except instead of setting a fun appointment in the future you're setting (laughs) a temper tantrum that's currently (laughs) happening and what you do is you'll start the timer and uh but you can select some of the different things that's happening like the location you can i saw there's like doctor's office on there or playground or grocery store grocery store Um, there's also a the precipitator and the mitigator, so you can identify some of the different aspects of it. Uh, so what do you guys think about this?
2: Can you, I got a question. Can you schedule the temper tantrums? Because <laughs> right. I can pretty much predict when my child is going to throw one.
3: Well, but I think that's the, that's the point <laughs> of this app, exactly. too, right? Is exactly. that you can, I think, maybe see patterns, right?
1: Exactly. See when it happens, then you can plan ahead to try to prevent it the next so time.
3: So if
5: you
1: know that every time you go to Grandma Janet's
5: house... The kid, right. Yeah, the kid blows a gasket, then you can try and figure out
3: see I'd be worried if I use this for an extensive period of time that it wouldn't be a tantrum tracker it would be the I'm a horrible parent tracker <laughs> here's all the examples of why I am failing at this. Failing.
5: <laughs> so, oh no 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 but at least you know what when your kid goes to therapy
1: <laughs> they <laughs> will have a really great calendar of events
3: yeah.
5: leading
1: up to their. it'll anxiety. keep you busy while the tantrum's going on at least you'll have something to keep you occupied
3: as opposed to giving in to their <laughs> exactly. fool, foolhardy whims
2: hopefully to be over soon. Well, is this something too, Heather, that a professional could look at? And even if the parent can't quite diagnose what's going on, would that be helpful? Very much. Okay. Because the tantrums
1: are so intense and they affect us so much that a lot of times we think they happen much more frequently than they do. Mm-hmm. Like if you had two big tantrums this week... In your mind, you're thinking, my child tantrums all the time. And when you go, maybe you want to talk to a doctor or a parenting coach. But really, it happened twice. And you can kind of pinpoint
2: what happened, where it was, and make a plan to try to prevent it. Yeah, because I know for me as a parent, I dwell on those. It's like, oh, that happened. And I may think it just happened like yesterday. Really, it was a week ago. And I'm still like blaming my son for throwing this tantrum. <laughs> because you're right. We just yeah. we think about the negative so They're much, so but. intense. They really affect us.
3: And I think that the neat thing about it is you're actually identifying, forced to kind of think, wait, what's causing this? What's happening? And then how are we kind of getting out of it?
5: Yes. Also, I think it gives you an opportunity to grade the level of intensity. So like you're saying, you know, maybe I overreacted at that point. And last time he threw a tantrum like this, it was only a, you know, a four on the scale. And so I think it's important because we right. can also gauge our own yeah. responses to exactly. them. Just, exactly. So uh,
3: overall, I think it, it's definitely cool. And I, I would give it a thumbs up from um, my perspective. What do you guys think?
5: Thumbs up. Thumbs a-flying.
2: Yep. I like it. Thumbs up. And
3: this yeah. was the light version that we checked out. It has ads in it. If you want to pay the 99 cents, that removes the ads. Um, and that's something else you can consider as well. But this was for Tantum Tracker Light from Grant Technologies. Thumbs up all around for parentsavers. Savers.
6: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: All right, time to talk about today's topic uh, toddlers and tantrums. Today we're talking with Heather Lamprin. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here.
3: So, why do kids have tantrums in the first place? What's going on with these kids when they're having tantrums? Is you it know, because they hate us?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> th- besides that, there's additional reasons. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, yes
3: <laughs> in <is>. the
1: moment, <laughs> they might be hating everything that's happening. But, you know, toddlers are developmentally wired to explore. They're beginning to individuate and so they're getting into everything and nature is pushing them to do that. Their biology is pushing them to do that. And then we get in their way. Right. So they also developmentally have not uh, have they don't have coping skills yet. They don't know how to express their needs. They don't know how to handle frustration. They don't know how to calm themselves down. So, of course, they're going to have a temper tantrum. Right. I mean, many Older kids, many adults don't really have those skills quite yet. So you can't be too hard on little one, two, three year olds that haven't developed those skills. Yeah, we have this
3: expectation that, listen, dude, buck up, know how to deal with (laughs) it, (laughs) like get (laughs) through it. And that's really not reasonable. Exactly. But it's something I've realized with our third zyler who's two now he is speaking a ton right now mm-hmm. and i think it might be due to his older brothers or whatever i think every kid's different because right. our middle child he was barely speaking even when he was three and zyler zyler's only two and a half now, hour um and the way that he's able to express things to us and the emotions makes me realize oh my gosh whitaker when he was young was having these same thoughts he just couldn't verbalize right. and get them out and so that's kind of behind a lot
1: of yeah another thing is the parent reaction you know kids feel our uh, tension they feel our stress and when we're upset we add to their upset so it's that's a big factor is they really need us to be the calming part of this equation which is a very difficult task for a parent oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and you also mentioned feelings that's a big one Feelings, they're so intense, the children don't know how to express it. They don't know how to handle it. And from the time that they're babies, we rush in when they're crying. We rush in to fix it, to help them, to stop it. But as they become in toddlerhood, it's starting to become their responsibility. But we still want to fix it, to stop it, Mm. to do anything to prevent them from having these feelings. So a big factor is just really allow them to have their feelings
3: tantrums are okay
1: yeah if you know it's there's different ones and as you track them you can see the patterns but sometimes it's really not a tantrum that's just them saying i'm really angry i'm really angry i'm really angry or i'm really frustrated i'm really frustrated and it might have tears that go with it and it might have you know screaming or lying on the floor but they're just expressing their feelings and if we don't interfere with that they get done expressing their feelings they calm down and then we can maybe as they become verbal we can start to teach them how to handle those yeah. feelings so really it's our fault <laughs> as my dad would say <laughs> so it's,
5: it's up to us to understand that and, and this is something that i remind myself is that he's not giving me a hard time he's having a hard time yeah that's a great way to look at it you know and and i think we just have to really remember that Right. And we're embarrassed by it, though, too, you know, especially if these happen in public. Public tantrums are
1: very difficult on
3: the right. parent. Yeah. Very much. Well, and a lot of it, I think, is parents projecting how bad it's feeling on other people. Mm-hmm. But then, like, you, you, I'll hear the stories or some other people or you'll hear snide comments or someone on Facebook, like, whatever, people, control your babies, get them out of the store. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so I think it's all like one comment like that totally undoes any support that you get from five people that are like, mm-hmm. hey, we've been there, brother. We've been yeah. there, sister. Like, you'll make it through. But Rock you're on. one person that is really critical of it. And it, yeah. and it makes you feel, just question everything.
1: Yeah. yeah. An airplane. You oh. can't get off. You can't Yeah. if their seatbelt light is on. That's, to me, probably one of the worst places. Right. <laughs> right. That, yeah, you can't explain that. Yes, but. I did have that experience. Oh, 18 oh, months old flying back east and...
3: Um well and so we're talking about um you know it's up to us to figure it out but are tantrums designed for us or will kids have tantrums alone I think about there was a really good we watch funny videos as a family it's a, mm-hmm. um and there was a funny video of this kid having a, ta- a temper tantrum and the dad would film it and he'd be like wah and then the dad would walk to another room and the kid would be quiet walk up walk over get in front of his dad, get back on the floor, start, yeah, start, start pounding and kicking and just go room to room. Exactly. And that's always, that video is actually always kind of stuck with me <laughs> to think that they're actually kind of doing it for us. I mean, is that a little you bit know, of what's it's happening? It's a
1: little bit of it, but from the beginning, a tantrum is simply a child losing it. It's yeah. not manipulation, it's not the emotional blackmail. But we can train them to, Got it. if we yeah. respond in a way that feeds into that, either by just giving undue attention and, you know, we're there, we're going to do anything to stop it. Another way that we contribute to it is just being a part of it, being very verbal or okay. trying to ask them questions, talk to them. When a toddler is in a tantrum, they are in fight or flight mode. Their reasoning brain is not working. You cannot reason with them. You cannot talk to them at all while they're in it. So the way that you're going to handle tantrums is either before you're going to plan, you're going to, you know, mitigate those circumstances. You know, it's more likely and you can begin working with kids 18 months by two for sure. You can begin to work with them later after the tantrum.
3: Well, let's talk about that. Let's let's visit about dealing with the ta- the tantrums after we take a break. But for now, let's talk a little about avoiding them in the first place or, or mitigating them?
1: So the first and most important thing is know your child. And that's where even this tantrum tracker will come into um, play where you're going to track things that are upsetting to your child because some kids will have a, a big fearful reaction when they go to the doctor or a big overwhelmed reaction when they go to mm-hmm. a store or a birthday party yeah. or somewhere where a lot of things are going on. So if you know that Then you can begin to work with your child. Either you change the circumstances or you start to teach your child. You can even role play with your child Hmm. before you go to the doctor. Let's pretend we're going to the doctor and set up, you know, teddy bears to be the waiting room. And here's the nurse and the doctor and here's what's going to happen.
5: I'm sorry to interrupt, but in theory, that sounds great. But if I I can't see my kid... Not only sitting through that, but even being able to comprehend what I'm doing, you know.
3: But maybe it's just part of, like, any player interaction that you're having. Like, it's not a formal hey, let's, it's role-playing time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, just, you know, as you're playing, yeah. you can yes. in there. Yeah,
1: pretend. And if they're, you know, when they're ready. Okay. At two, yeah. two and a half for sure. And it depends on the child. Like you said, your um, third child is a little bit more verbal. Right. One area that my middle son had a tough time was every Saturday we would go to visit his great-grandma. And she would, you know, kind of jump and glom onto the children. Yeah. And he would would stand off or even have a little reaction and so we role played okay when you know we knock him as soon as we knock on the door grammy's gonna open it and you run and give her a hug so now he has more control mm-hmm. instead of her right. grabbing him and you know i we see her every week and we think oh he knows grammy but a week is a long time or if a few weeks go by and then all of a sudden we're at you know this lady's house again, yeah. yeah she's grabbing on him so when he got to run up and hug her it prevented the whole problem that we had.
3: You know, even when you were running through all these scenarios of when, of to prepare Mm -hmm. the role play for, it makes me realize that, you know, I have this assumption that, we're all just in our family bubble and it's the same bubble that we're in the car Mm -hmm. or if we go to Costco, which is a big, scary place with like tall or the grocery store, which has all these colors or uh, a concert, you know, any, all these different places and that maybe as a parent, I and maybe some others aren't doing a good enough job of thinking about it from their perspective of, all the sights and sounds right. they're about to be overwhelmed with and they don't know what the heck's going right. on they're just along right, for the ride. Right, right. they just wake up and oh so the, right. the
1: <laughs> majority like the big part of tantrums tend to be the child is tired they're yeah. hungry they're ill or just not feeling well or they are um, hypersensitive so some kids can't handle the feel of certain clothes or things like that so a tantrum will happen in that case that's their physical needs, and you simply take care of their needs. It's not misbehavior. And, you know, children in America do not get enough sleep. That's a big factor is tired children. So it's really important to get kids to bed early and really let them get enough sleep.
3: Listen, I think you could get every single parent listening on board with a movement to support more sleep for kids. Yes. <laughs> more sleep for Start back. school <laughs>
1: later. And <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: and But do bedtime earlier, too, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sleep is really important. And if your child is tired and has a tantrum, you can't, you know, take that as something that they're doing willfully.
3: We've got to break that kid union that is demanding more awake hours for toddlers and newborns. <laughs> it's the lizard brain. We can't.
1: We can't rationalize with
2: it. It just doesn't work.
1: And then the other thing is that um, when they are having an intense feeling, either you simply told them no, and they want what they want and they just have a big reaction and that's okay we feel that they should take our no and be happy about it right but we're not happy you know if our boss tells us no or our spouse tells us no or our kids tell us no we're not happy about it let them simply be unhappy about it and give empathy right and that the other um, big factor for preventing tantrums mentioned earlier is the parent reaction. We're asking a lot of parents to consciously parent, to make their decisions proactively instead of simply reacting unconsciously and we're asking you to look at children as just little people that are behaving to communicate to you Mm -hmm. whereas in the past we would look at pretty much any type of behavior we didn't like as misbehavior or bad. These children are not bad, they are children that need to be taught so Mm -hmm. we're disciplined we teach our children so we need to teach them how to go through these different social situations how to handle their feelings and it starts with us so the biggest factor for parenting is for us to nurture ourselves self-care is so important you can't be at your best when you're exhausted and it's really hard for mothers and fathers with young ones to take that time for themselves because they feel selfish but it's a gift to your child if I do yoga and I come down I come back and I am so different with my children you know if I'm stressed out and anxious then they're feeling my stress and my anxiety right it's the oxygen mask and the airplane scenario you
5: know that you have to put the out if the cabin pressure were to suddenly plummet you know you put the oxygen mask on yourself before putting it on someone else, because if you pass out, how can you help them?
3: You have to be at your best. You to have to be care. at your best. And I think that's one of those things that you maybe though balked at earlier, where it's great to say on paper, <laughs> but this is a really, yeah. really hard yes. point. Like we're not trying to say, oh, dude, just go yoga. Yeah, go, go do yoga. <laughs> Tantrums. <laughs> Become <done>. a yogi. You <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> that's right. Um, just it's go hard. Meditate, man. It, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it's hard. Hours a day. It, yeah, this is hard, and yeah. but it's. I think what you're saying, Heather, is that it's worth. You have to make it a priority, and you've yeah. got to figure out a way to get yourself charged and what you need yeah. to be at the best for your family, and that that'll have a positive impact on a number of aspects of your life, including hopefully less yes. tantrums.
1: It's a gift to your child. Like if you think of it that way, then you won't feel so selfish. I, I, for me, it's his bedtime. That's
5: it. I'm sorry, Mister. It's time for bed because. Mama needs some time, you know, and I just have, and I tell myself, you know, there's nothing I can do if he's crying or if we've gone through all this whole scenario. It's like, okay, he has to be able to have time to himself. I have to have time to myself.
1: Yes. And that's a great way to approach it with children is you're saying it's your bedtime. I need my time. And a lot of times we want to put it on the child. You need to go to bed and you need your sleep and, you, you know, you, you, you. But really we need to ask for what we want. I need to have alone time tonight and you need to be in your room. I can't make you sleep,
5: but you're in your
1: room. And I tell him, you don't have
5: to sleep. I mean, he's only two something. He doesn't really understand, but I tell him, you know, you don't have to sleep, but you have to stay in bed.
2: Yeah. Now, I, I actually think that's a really good point in fact um with my oldest, Sayer, I think it was just yesterday. No, my days run together with twins. I can't keep them <laughs> straight. Anyways, um he he wanted me to do something and I just needed some time. And and the words actually came out of my mouth, Sayer, I need you to take care of that situation right now because Mommy needs some time. And and after I said it, I'm like Wow, I just said what I needed as opposed to... Like you just said, yes, Heather, you need to do great. this. And you need to stay away from your brother. And you need... No, it was it was just... I think I was having a little breakdown. Yeah. Where I was just <laughs> like, no, I need this. <laughs> but, but it was kind of therapeutic yes. after I said it.
1: You yes. know, And you're also modeling to children how to take care of themselves. When we're martyrs, yeah. we're not yeah. teaching them to value themselves because they're going to do what they see us do. Yeah. So if I say... I'm getting really upset, and I don't want to say anything mean. I need to take a break. I'm going to go sit in the rocking chair for two minutes, and then I'll come back. You don't even have to teach your children to do it. Oftentimes, they'll start doing that. Mommy, I need to take a break, and they'll Mm -hmm. go sit in the rocking chair. Yeah, Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think we forget how much modeling... Can play a role and in a positive aspect Absolutely. and in the negative. Absolutely. Um, all right, that's great stuff about um, trying to prevent these things. But let's let's take a quick break. I know we have a lot of questions from our virtual panelists, people that have um, given some questions on Facebook and Twitter. So we'll get to those as well as talk about how to deal with these tantrums when they're happening. And maybe it's easy, easy as saying ignore it, or I think it's a little more complex than that. So we'll break. <laughs> oh, we'll
4: see.
0: Okay, round two. Name something
3: that's not boring. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're talking about toddlers and tantrums. Um, so we've tried to avoid the tantrum, but it's, they still happen. I mean, it's kind of inevitable that they're yes. going to happen. Um, so let's talk about dealing with tantrums as they happen. So
1: the first thing is to know they're going to happen. Like, instead of when it happens going, I can't believe it happened, it shouldn't happen, plan ahead. Like, right. no, this year I will s- plan for 12 tantrums the year. And then if you have, you know, fewer, or <laughs> a week. That just know it's going to happen. Week. One yeah. a month or one a week. An whatever, you, Whatever you think is going to happen. Just know it's going to happen. Well, so then when it does, you, you're you not going to be so like, I can't believe this is happening. You must stop right. it.
3: It's like an earthquake, right? Exactly. Like, like, it's, Plan ahead. At some point, it's going it's gonna to happen. happen. It's a broad range, but it's going to happen. At some point. Yeah. So
1: then when it happens, you first thing you need to do is calm yourself. You need to respond to this and imagine that an alarm clock is going off and it's and you hit the off button and it doesn't go off you will do anything you can to get that alarm clock to stop going off and you're gonna keep hitting the off button but it's broken it's not working that's how a tantrum is to us we want to react we want to do anything we can to stop it but the only thing we really can do is to calm down and let it happen. So the uh, probably the most important piece after calm down is reduce your uh, words. Uh, if you can, just don't use any words at all. Mm. Remember we talked about the child is in this you know, amygdala hijack. They're in the fight or flight. Their reasoning brain isn't working, so th- no words can go in except for being more stimulus that's gonna get them more upset. Yeah. So th- the one thing is you can either let them tantrum until they're calm. If you're in a store, if you're somewhere where you aren't, they aren't safe or you don't feel comfortable, pick them up and take them, put them in the car. But just do this with the um, empathy. Like right. in your mind, you're just feeling empathy. Like, wow, it must be really hard to have this intense feeling. You don't even have to say it, but if you have empathy and calm when you pick them up, you're not gonna grab them and you're not doing this in the store and you're embarrassing me. You're going to pick them up like, wow, you're really upset. Let's go in the car to calm down. If you can, just leave them where they are. They're in the living room floor. Just let them go. They're, you know, they really will just go a few minutes. So I have um, a couple of notes here that I took from,
5: like I said, all the Facebook comments and mm-hmm. questions. And so I just put a list of uh, actions together. So these are from Andrea, Heaven, Monique, and Jane. So, they say that their kids do everything from throwing, slapping, screaming, planking. um, (laughs) Planking? Like like going stiff and refusing to be put in the car seat (laughs) or the high chair.
2: (laughs) Or the limp noodle. That's the other one. Oh, yeah. Or the limp noodle. Is is
3: there Tebowing on this list? That's what I'm picturing.
5: Oh idea. my gosh! At least they're not doing the milk thing, right? Well, some of them do, I guess, where they pour milk on themselves. <laughs> yeah. Um. But so there, you know, their questions are, what know, do how, I do? What do I do? Because <laughs> redirecting doesn't always exactly.
1: work. How do, how so do I quiet them without giving in? If you listen to all those scenarios, you can tell that that involves. An upset child with a parent interacting mm-hmm. and the child is even further resisting that interaction. So that's where it, the best thing is to, I mean, just sit down on the floor with them. If they won't get in the car, if it's like if there's a grassy area, lay them on the grass and sit right there with them. Um, you can at home, if they are throwing things and inst- things like that, then you can set up an area that is kind of, of you know, devoid of things a that are... room. Yeah, really, just <laughs> if it's in their own bedroom or something like that. Um, but if you plan this ahead of time with them, that when you have a tantrum, this is what we'll do, mm. or this is what I will do. Mm. I will go and s- into the bathroom until you calm down because I can't take... I'm going to, you know, get too involved yeah, if you feel the child is safe. Or you can say, I'm going to lay you down on the living room carpet and i'll sit on the couch and when you're done we can talk and just whatever you can do to kind of let them go because if they're doing it like they've as a learned pattern to where they're trying to get uh, either attention or reaction from you or get you to give in then they'll do exactly like the scenario that you mentioned john where the child is you know having a tantrum while dad's videotaping but as soon as dad turns away he stops so if Mm. you can tell that this is a tantrum that the child has learned to try to get a reaction from you and over time you have given a reaction now you're going to make this change and it will take a little time but as you avoid giving undue attention or giving in then they're not getting any pay for this behavior and it just won't they want to have a tantrum for two minutes and I'll sit here and wait and they get up and they're all done. One thing that you actually can do, I've seen it and worked really well with my middle son, is um, to make a little pup tent or a little play tent. Mm-hmm. And you can go in there and pretty much roll around, scream, cry, yell, whatever you need to do and come on out when you're ready. Mm-hmm. You know, just a self-quieting area. Mm-hmm. So what I'm coming away with is that it's
5: a lot like falling down or so I rode horses a lot growing up. And one of the things that you learn is that when you get thrown or when you fall, you just got to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> because if you fight it, it's worse. The same thing with being in the ocean and, and a wave tumbles you. If you try and fight it, it's going to yeah. make it worse. So I guess you just got to roll with it until it's over and then just pick yourself up and
3: well, dust off. How do you know when it's over? And how do you like, – we can't teach them in the moment. Yeah. But then how do we – when is it kind of okay – To start, yeah,
1: it's called a homeostasis. We uh, are as humans, we have a you know a set point, and when we get upset, like for adults, if we get angry, usually it takes about 20 minutes for all those hormones, Mm -hmm. the adrenaline rush to work through our body. So, in about 20 minutes, we're back to equilibrium. Mm. So, the child, you'll you know, and you can really feel it that they're you know, for you'll have that few couple minutes of the <laughs> little half uh, crying yeah, yeah. and you know sniffling and then finally when they're back to equilibrium then the first thing you want do is reconnect with them like let them know no matter what you love them and you don't want to be um, pushing them away or t- sending them to time out or telling them you know you're bad and I don't want to be around you because you're like that Really uh, physical touch. If they don't want to be hugged, just kind of if you can sit to where like your thighs Mm -hmm. are touching or just near them. So their energy is really Mm -hmm. feeling your connection and just really empathy. Let them know like, wow, that must have been really scary or boy, you are so upset. And even when they're not verbal, they can feel the, you know, the energy that comes from us. And over time, as they become more verbal, you already have this pattern set so that when they're upset they know that you're not going to reject them but you're going to help them and uh, one thing that you could do afterwards maybe it's right after you know they're completely back to equilibrium or maybe it's you know the next day or later that day say wow remember you had that big temper tantrum yesterday you know start asking them those curiosity questions like what do you think was going on or what was upsetting you and uh, really um, fun thing you can teach kids to do is the deep breathing and what i like to do is tell them you have a pretend you have a flower in one hand and a cupcake with a birthday candle in the other Mm -hmm. hand and you're going to smell the flower go Mm. and then blow out the candle
3: that's really good yeah
1: and maybe they're doing it afterwards but then you can tell the next time you start to feel like that you know, maybe come get me and we can do it together and st- things mm-hmm. like that. So really deep breathing is a big one. If I can right
5: now. So one of my other questions for you is what if only one parent can console a child? What if only, you know, like, for example, my husband, anything he tries to do and the boy just won't have him. He'll kick, he'll scream, he'll hit. Mm-hmm. You know, and my poor husband, he just gets exasperated yeah. and, and he, you know, he walks away because he keeps trying and the kid well,
1: that's a, uh, such an interesting word that you used to, because they don't need to be consoled. Mm. And so um, not to be sexist, but if, you know, some people are better with feelings. Some people right. are better actually giving empathy. Um, you know, there's kind of the like almost a old saying that men want to fix it Mm -hmm. and they sometimes Mm -hmm. will do that with their children too like whatever it is that upset them like you know well that you you know you can't have that because you're not old enough and that can hurt you or any kind of rationalization Mm -hmm. that's going to just exacerbate the situation so really like let them know like you don't have to fix it you didn't do yeah. anything wrong. All you have to do... What we want to do is teach our children emotional literacy. And 18 months is not too young. So you can start giving words, giving names to emotions and let them know that these emotions are okay. I think you're giving me emotional
3: literacy <laughs> yeah right. tantrums. Well, it, what's really resonating with me is the idea of like... Because even talking about temper tantrums, I can almost feel my body tense yes. up thinking yes. about <laughs> tantrums yes. and trying to just... Relax and ride the wave and know that they're going to be reading off of our emotions. And I also really like the smell of the flower and blow yes. the candle. Um, the other day, uh, just a quick story. Zyler um, had a huge type about tennis shoes or not tennis shoes or socks or something. <laughs> and I did kind of let it ride out. And he calmed himself down, and he and he comes up to me afterwards and he goes, Daddy, I messed up. I'm sorry. Aww and it melted Aww. my heart and i was so and, cute. but it but and those are those moments yeah. where i realized that kids are having these emotions yes. and they just yeah. don't know how to express it and I would have done anything for him at that point. Like, yeah. it's okay, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that that's
4: great, wrong. and that's you
1: know, adults would do that. If I lost my temper with my husband, yeah, you know, later I go and you know I'm really sorry. But if he told me I had to go to time out or I was grounded for a week, then I probably wouldn't <laughs> be very <there to laughs> right. like, right. yeah, grounded. I don't the it. Yes. All <laughs> <this.">
3: right. <laughs> I, I think we covered a lot of ground there. And we I think did. That was a, a really fun. We've got oh, some. A cool question for the bonus content as well that we'll get to. But thanks so much for joining us, Heather. Um, for more information about this topic for you listeners, or about any of the stuff we talked about, or the app we talked about, uh, Temper uh, Tantrum Tracker Lite, um, please visit the episode page on our website. We're going to continue the conversation for members of our Parent Savers Club. Afterwards, we're going to talk about when we should maybe call in a doctor about temper tantrums and when a good time to do that would be. Um, so stay tuned for that if you're a member of the club. If not and you're interested in that info, you should think about joining. Um, so for more information about the club, visit our website, parentsavers.com.
6: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: Before we wrap up today's show, here's blogger David Vienna sharing the realities of parenting from his blog, The Daddy Complex.
4: Hi,
0: Parent Savers. This is The Daddy Complex. I'm David Vienna, father of twin boys, and if my experience has taught me anything about parenting, it's that I know nothing about parenting. If you're expecting your first child, I'm sure someone has told you in passing that along with welcoming a new life into your house, you will also welcome a horde of germs. We were told when the boys start going to preschool, they pick up colds pretty frequently. It turned out the word frequently doesn't accurately convey exactly how often a child brings home an illness, and it's not just colds. Oh, sweet, merciful Christ, no. First, let me tell you this, and please understand it is not an exaggeration. Your child will have a runny nose pretty much from age two to three, and I don't mean off and on. I mean a year-long runny nose, perhaps longer. The only variables are how much it runs and the color of the snot. Second, whatever bug they pick up, you will get. There's no avoiding it. They touch everything. They want to share your food. Your home will become a hazmat team's worst case scenario. And the frequency thing I mentioned, the illnesses will come on average every month, sometimes more than that. I just got over my third cold or sore throat or whatever in six weeks. Now my wife has it and it's knocked her out, which brings me to my third and final point. These illnesses are nothing like you've ever experienced. Somehow the colds and stomach bugs toddlers pick up hit adults exponentially greater. When your child gets a cold, they will maybe have a restless night and a cough. When you get it, it will be Captain Trips, an end-of-days-style plague that will leave you whimpering for help through clogged sinuses and a ravaged throat. Of all the illnesses my boys have brought home, I only managed to avoid getting one. And that's because I locked myself in the bedroom with a weak supply of SpaghettiOs and the complete DVD collection of space. Yes, you should wash your hands often. By the way, another thing they don't tell you is that you'll wash your hands so much your skin will literally crack open and bleed. Not kidding. But by the time you see your child sneeze, it's already too late. Washing your hands at that point is just to teach them how to do it. You might also show them how to work the can opener so they can feed you SpaghettiOs when you're too weak to feed yourself. Check out more of my terrible advice at thedaddycomplex.com, The Huffington Post, or on Twitter at The Daddy Complex. You can also view episodes of Fighting With Babies, my puppet web series for parents at thedaddycomplex.com slash fwb, and be sure to keep listening to Parent Savers for more fatherly tips.
3: That wraps things up for Parent Savers today. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, The Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeed Their Babies, and Twin Talks for Parents of Multiples. This is Parent Savers empowering new parents.
1: This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented
6: for educational purposes only.
1: Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider.
2: New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com.
6: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.